today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years. Cashandcarrykitchens.ie Good morning and welcome to the programme. Today, should learning Irish be an option after the junior cert? We debate who will manage the Ireland men's football team will get the latest. Evelyn O'Rourke meets the woman who traced her sibling 70 years after her own adoption. Michael Lynn, sentenced yesterday. Well, we'll hear the story of the former lawyer from when he first hit the headlines back in 2007. And vet Sarah Boland tells us why responsible cat owners should always have their pets neutered. Our text number is 5155. You can email the programme todaycb at rte.ie. Well, we start with the political fallout which continues this morning over the RTE exit pay deals. It comes as TDs call for more transparency on what has been paid out by the organisation. For more on this, I'm joined now by Pat Leahy, who's political editor with the Irish Times, and also David Duffy, founder and director of the Corporate Governance Institute. Pat, I'll come to you on the politics of this first because the political pressure moving on to the Director General Kevin Backhurst uh, increased somewhat yesterday and into today. What do you feel are the main concerns being expressed? Yeah, I think this is kind of significant, Claire, because it's the first time that Kevin Backhurst personally has been in the firing line. Until now, he's been very much seen as by politics and by government as someone who was essentially a clean skin had come to essentially rescue uh, RTE and he was given the benefit of doubt on lots of things uh, in that regard. But I think that this uh, current issue about the exit payments that were received by some senior executives is very damaging to him in the eyes of the politicians because it is something that he di- was directly responsible for. The um, impression certainly in, in both, I think, in, in, in media, certainly around politics and around government was that there had been no exit packages that impression was gleaned not just from Kevin Backhurst's comments at the time, but from the tone of the statements that were uh, that were issued uh, at, at at the time, particularly of Rory Coveney's departure. And he did say last night on he did say on drive time last night that he said at the time that there was a package. He was at pains to point that out. Yeah, and uh, and he, he, he kind of did and he didn't. Um, Fiona Sheen has reported this in this morning's Irish Independent and he has reproduced the transcript from his exchanges with uh, Kevin Backhurst during that press conference. And what Kevin Backhurst said when Fiona Sheen asked him if Rory Coveney got a payment when he was going out the door, Kevin Backhurst replied, no, he didn't get a payment going out the door, but he is entitled, as other people are, to, you know, statutory level kind of payments when they leave an organisation. So 
on the one sense, he's saying he didn't get a payment going out the door. And on the other hand, in that uh, in that intervention, he's saying, but he might have got something. At the very least, there's ambiguity there. And I think it is very much the case that the impression in government and certainly people that I've spoken to within government uh, about this over recent days believed that these guys had just resigned and left mm-hmm. and that seems now now where we know that that is now not the case and that is something that was agreed to by kevin backers and the other concern i think that one hears uh, around government is uh, about the agreement of packages with a confidentiality clause when it was perfectly obvious that there would be at some stage if not immediately then then down the line we're seeing this now i suppose that there would be a public and a political demand for transparency about those packages so for kevin backers to agree to a confidentiality clause in the foreknowledge that he was going to have to answer questions about these packages, I think is something that has set off alarm bells around government. Mm -hmm. But alarm bells and perhaps some frustration, but no one is calling for Kevin Backhurst to go or to resign. He said clearly he he wasn't uh, going to resign when he was asked about it. But where does this go then from here? Look, I don't think that there is any threat to Kevin Backhurst's position at the moment. He's still very much... Uh, we're having some problems with um, Pat Leahy's the line. The only game Sorry, in town. Pat, we might just try and improve the line. I'll come back to you. But in the meantime, we have David Duffy with us, founder and director with the Corporate Governance Institute, listening to all of that. And I'm sure, David, following this very closely. And when it comes to exit packages and when someone wants to leave a company or when a company wants someone to leave... Going to court is something that you want to avoid or going to the Workplace Relations Commission. Is that always the consideration? Yeah, I think there's um, a couple of issues here. The first one is, um, you know, if somebody wants to leave uh, and uh, on a voluntary basis and it suits the organisation, that individual, you come to an arrangement in terms of an exit package, which can be quite tax effective, rather than end up uh, under the Unfair Dismissals Act, potentially paying up to two years. So, you know, the DG has done a deal with uh, the head of strategy, um, which would not be unusual in the private sector. And it might, it might even ha- happen in other state boards, mm. but we've just never heard about it. But I think what's key there, David, is you said if someone wants to leave a company, and we saw the examples that were given of Paula Maluli, who left RTE, former director of legal, and Geraldine O'Leary, head of commercial, who took early retirement. Both of those people left RTE, wanted to leave RTE, and there was no exit package involved. Well, that's up to the DG to decide what's in the best interest of the organisation, what to do. Um, From a corporate governance point of view here, um, you know, the the board, um, uh, with the document called Matters Reserved to the Board, that's the decisions only they can take, and they can delegate certain authorities to the CEO or the DG, decisions he or she can take. I'm surprised that the DG could make these decisions on its own, that it wasn't elevate to the board, just given the, the, the public um, scrutiny of this. Mm-hmm. That you're saying that this, in an, any other situation, would have gone to the board, and in this case, should have gone to the board, but the rules were in place that meant it didn't need to. We, we don't know what the rules are um, in relation to RT, what matters 
uh, are delegated to mm. the DG. We don't know that. that well, doesn't, that's not on the body. Well, from what we understand, uh, Shuan uh, Nirahali, the chair of RTE, in her meeting with the minister yesterday, said that she wasn't aware of these exit payments and this wasn't part of her function. So I suppose we can assume from that 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 was delegated to the director general. Are you saying that that's not good practice in corporate governance? I think in this particular case, if I had been the DG, I would have got board approval to proceed just to, you know, give me cloud cover, if you like. Mm-hmm. I want to come back to Pat Leahy now, who's back with us on the line. And Pat, you were taking us through where this goes from here politically, because we know RTE's focus and the focus that it wants in general on this question is around future funding. There is a hurdle here, though, to be overcome, despite the explanations that have been given this far, thus far. Uh, yeah, look, I, I think we were talking about Kevin Backhurst before the line dropped, and I think he's still very much the only game in town as far as government is concerned. I think he's suffered damage in government's eyes in this, in this episode, but there's no question of a threat to his position. And one of the reasons for that, I suppose, is that, you know, were Kevin Backhurst to depart, who on earth would run RTE then? I mean, if they're finding it difficult to find a manager for the Irish soccer team, you can only imagine how difficult it would be to find a new director general for uh, for RTE. But, you know, while we all have our heads buried in this story, and it's very clearly an important story, I don't think we should overestimate the extent to which it's important to government. It's one of many things that government wants to do before uh, the next election. And the great danger, I think, for RTE, and we've talked about this before, Claire, is that all this focus on the past, while it is important and to a degree entertaining to people looking in outside, it simply distracts from the bigger and, as I would see it, more important questions about RTE's future that have to be made not just by government, but also by the organisation itself. Mm -hmm. Not that far back in the past, though, you know, (laughs) and that that is the issue here for Kevin Backhurst and for RTE. Yeah, that's why this is, I think, I think it's a, it's a different character of issue to the ones that we've been dealing with before because it involves a decision by Kevin Backhurst and not the fallout from decisions made by his predecessors or from a previous regime mm-hmm. in, uh, in RT. That having been said, you know, it, it is perfectly clear that, you know, when people leave organisations in these instances, that there is usually an exit payment is negotiated. I don't think that is the biggest political issue here, though we shouldn't underestimate the political pungency of large amounts of money being paid to people as they go out the door. I think the immediate political difficulty and where much of the political focus will be on in the coming days is the confidential nature of those discussions and there will be, or those settlements rather, and there will be a continuing pressure, I think, to find a way to reveal them. Well, David, what's your expert view on that? Because we see further demands for transparency, even this morning, this coming after Kevin Backhart's explanation around all of these issues on drive time, he said that he's legally precluded from revealing details of these settlements. How hard is it for these types of deals, David, to be made public? I think it's very difficult. I mean, if, if an agreement has been signed by both sides willingly and the confidential, you know, if RTE um, decides to reveal uh, the details that to the public, well, then that person would have some rights under law that that confidentiality has been breached. And that's absolutely what I would do, because, you know, to some extent, their, their, their good name uh, may be um, affected in some shape or form. 
And do you think, given all that you know about what happened when it comes to these resignations or exits from RTE, that the right course of action was followed? I think, uh, in retrospect, uh, the DG should have gone to the board and say, I'm, I'm considering these, can I get your approval to proceed? I think that's what he should have done. If he, he might have done it, I don't know, uh, but that's what he should have done. That would be the correct course of action, regardless of what delegated authority has, just given the political focus on RT at the moment. Mm-hmm. And Pat, where does this leave the conversation around future funding? We know the government has said it wants to address it. How difficult, though, is it for the, for the government to ask and answer those questions, given that this is still an issue? I don't think that that the real decisive focus is going to come on that issue until the issues from the past have been dealt with. We know that the reports into Ortiz's culture and uh, and so forth that were due to come by the end of February, we reported yesterday, now not expected until the end of March. So this thing gets pushed off further and further. The more RTE doesn't manage to deal with its past, the more uh, difficult it becomes for government to deal with its future. And bear in mind that, as you know, and as your listeners will no doubt be aware, that there's an election in the middle distance uh, ahead and the chances of a new, not just a funding settlement for RTE, but I guess a new maybe structure, a new mission for RTE that is clearer about what public service broadcasting is and why it should be supported by the public. The agreement of all that seems to get pushed further and further away. Into the next government term, would you say? I think that's a substantial risk now. Um, or, you know, the government does want to get RTE sorted, does want to answer these questions and get a new settlement for RTE before it finishes its term of office. But it wants to do a lot of things before it finishes its term of office. And it's not going to get all of them done. Governing is always a matter of where your priorities lie. And the more political difficulty RTE presents in dealing with its past, I think, the further that slips down the list of priorities uh, in government buildings. Okay, well, let's ask a hypothetical then. Had the issue around the exit packages not arisen, Pat, do you think that this would have been dealt with in a more timely fashion by this government? I, I think... I mean, I wouldn't lay everything at the door of this current iteration of the controversy. I think it's more a, uh, I think it's more a question of essentially putting the past to bed. And clearly there are dynamics working out with the Oireachtas, the Oireachtas committees that, you know, want to be seen to deal with this issue as well. But uh, I, I think that, you know, the more RTE has difficulty dealing with its past and the more it is seen in government that there is difficulty in drawing a line under what happened, having a fair account for it and accountability seem to be implemented for that, the less likely that government is to make decisions that may cost people money and will certainly cost it money. Okay, Pat, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much. Pat Leahy from the Irish Times and David Duffy from uh, Corporate Governance Institute. Coming up next, Chris Coleman has ruled himself out. So who is going to replace Stephen Kenny as the Republic of Ireland men's soccer manager? Text 51551 today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.